This is Novel Marketing, the show for novelists who aren't necessarily fond of marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. Episode 164. I'm James L. Rubart, but call me Jim. I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr. And in this episode, we're going to talk to you guys about book clubs and how to get them to choose your book for their next book. And this, Thomas, I mean, this this is an important topic because book clubs don't buy one book and pass it around. They buy multiple copies. And if you get a book club with 20, maybe even 30 members, oh my gosh, that's one person you convince that makes 29 sales. So, and, and they also have influence, right? These, these are people that love books, but more than that, if you're in a book club, club, you love talking about books. And so you're going to talk about books to your friends. You're going to talk about books on social media. Um, and so getting to that book club uh, can be a great way to further your career. That's right. And in some ways, these are who your super readers are. The kind of people who are going to take risks potentially on a new book are more likely to be book club members. And with this, actually, this topic came from a patron, one of our, we have a patrons only Q&A episode that we do every month when we have questions. And uh, this month, our biggest question, our main question was too big for a Q&A episode. So we decided to do an episode or even maybe two episodes on this specifically, uh, because this is something a lot of people are wondering about. How do I get book clubs? But before we tell you how to get book clubs, we want to explain the life of a book club organizer. This is the decision maker. This is the person you're needing to win over. And the first thing you need to realize is that they are super busy. Yeah, they are a super reader. They are reading lots of books all the time. They're trying to weigh what book they should recommend for the club. And they're organizing this thing. If they're meeting, say, on a weekly basis, they're organizing the book club as well. Plus, they probably are a dad or a mom and they're involved in other activities. So this is somebody that you want to make their life easier by making your book easier to choose than someone else's book. That's right. She's also likely a Goodreads power user, the kind of person who has all of their books and all of their appropriate shelves on Goodreads. It's the same kind of person who's probably running a reading group at their local library or at their local church and um, probably frustrated that her uh, club members don't always read the books that are, are you know, recommended or that her people are hit and miss coming to meetings, right? This is one of the big pains of running a book club is that people come for the snacks and don't read the book because they just want to be there as part of the discussion. And uh, another thing that's very important is that in general, book club organizers don't pick books they don't already haven't already read and loved. Uh, the one possible exception of this is if it's recommended by a trusted friend or another member of the group, but usually they want to read the book first. So let's talk about the different kinds of groups. Uh, there's different kinds of reading groups and how to attract them depends on the group. Uh, the first is what I'd call a formal reading group. This is what you think of when you think of a book club. You know, they meet at the local library on you know every other Tuesday and they have who knows, they may even have bylaws and may have, you know, an office, like a secretary, a vice president, president, or maybe it's just one person who's organizing it. And maybe it's attached to some sort of civic organization or ed educational organization or religious organization. Uh, the far more common kind of book club is what I'd call an informal reading group. This is me and two or three friends saying, hey, have you read such and such book? Oh, you should read it. I want to discuss it with you. 
And for every one formal book club that meets, you know, at the local library, there's probably a dozen of these informal book clubs that you'll never find on Google. You'll never find by searching them. But if your book becomes the kind of book that they uh, grab onto, it could be really powerful. Uh, if your book is a religious book, um, there's the whole world of Bible studies that you have access to. So any given church may have a dozen, two dozen different small groups or Bible studies that meet at uh, different times during the week. Sometimes these are organized around um, certain interests. Sometimes these are organized around certain age groups. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, young moms or sometimes it's, you know, young singles or sometimes it's retirees or whatever. Um, if there's a religious angle to your book, uh, you may also look into being, you know, going after Bible studies or small groups. And uh, another kind of access aspect of this is classes slash workshops. So there's lots of books that could potentially be used by a teacher as homework for non-traditional education. So I'm not talking about like a textbook that the professor says, you know, have the first four chapters read by Tuesday. I'm talking about the like community center workshop that people go to. And then the um, teacher's like, and the best book, if you want to learn more about this topic is such and such. That's another thing to kind of keep in mind. Uh, another kind of reading group is a meetup group. This is probably going to be your go-to group for your outreach because they're the easiest group to find because all meetup groups are all on the same website. And the website is, wait for it, meetup.com. <laughs> it's very easy. Uh, I love meetup.com. I run several meetup groups myself. And there are hundreds of groups in my area on all kinds of topics. There are tens of thousands of groups around the country. There are meetup groups most likely very close to you unless you live in a desert. We've had, we have quite a few listeners actually who live in deserts, uh, literal deserts like in Arizona where there's no humans for anyone around. Uh, if that's you, uh, meetup groups probably aren't the thing, but the final kind of group is an online group and everyone with internet has access to an online group. And that can be really powerful because often the biggest groups are online groups here, a subreddit or something like that, people gathering online to, to talk about books. So those are the different kinds of groups. Hopefully you're already getting some ideas of some things you might do to reach out to these groups, but let's talk about some specific strategies you can use to get more book clubs interested in your book. Jim, where should we start? You should start always by writing a great book that would be interesting to discuss. Because back to our leader, she wants to find a book that the members say, oh my gosh, I can't miss next week to discuss about this because the book is so good. And so always in her, the back of her mind, she's going, all right, is this a book that's going to bring up a lot of questions, whether it's fiction or nonfiction? Is this a book that has universal themes in it that everyone is going to have an opinion on? And hopefully a book that is going to have con conflicting opinions on. That's the best kind of book club where you're going back and forth and sharing opinions and you don't always agree. So again, I'm not a big one for write the book for the audience, but at the same time, it always comes down to craft. In the end, it always comes down to writing a great book. And that's why Thomas and I are always harping on, or I should say encouraging you to improve your craft. The next thing you do, and this is fairly obvious, and a lot of you do this already, but add discussion questions for each chapter of your book. Or if it's fiction and you say, I'm not going to do one for each chapter, but at least you're going to do 12 to 15 questions 
on the book itself. This makes it easy for the leader to take those questions, maybe add some of her own, but it's a great starting point. And so let's say you have 12 questions. Well, maybe you decide, and it depends on the club. I mean, some clubs go, hey, we meet once a month and you're reading a new uh, new um, book each month. Some meet weekly. And so they might take a month on a book. So say you have three questions and you do three questions um, each time that you discuss and there's your 12 questions for the book. So add discussion questions um, at the back of your book or potentially if it's the right kind of book, you could have questions after each chapter. The other thing that's really great about including these discussion questions as prominently as possible, and if it's nonfiction at the end of the chapter, is that it's an advertisement, subtle advertisement for using this book in your book club. So if I'm reading a book and I'm a part of a book club and I keep seeing these really interesting discussion questions, I'm like, oh yeah, I could use this book for my book club. Because believe it or not, book club um, organizers aren't reading for like the purpose of finding a book for their book club. They're reading because they genuinely enjoy reading. And if your story picks them up and whisks them away, they may not even be thinking of your book as an el- as a eligible book for their book club. So just including those discussion questions is really powerful. And I remember this. I used to run a small group with my church and I'd be reading a Christian book and they'd have discussion questions like, oh, this might be an interesting book to use for an upcoming meeting when I wouldn't have thought about it otherwise because I was reading lots and lots of books at that time. Here's another idea. Put an invite in the back of your book. Say, I would love to Skype in and participate in your book club. So you give them an invitation right as they finish this book. If you think this is the type of book that would be great for your book club, email me and we'll talk about a time that I could actually Skype in. That's another way to promote your book. Even if you haven't put your book Uh, the information about your book in your current book or past uh, your backlist going forward, you can do that. But what about right now? Well, you can email your list, your newsletter list, which you've continued to build and say, Hey guys, just an FYI, I might've never mentioned this, but if you're doing my book in your book club, I would love to participate. I would love to Skype in and maybe be at the last discussion. Or if you discuss just one book a month, I would love to be in for 15, 20 minutes, ask questions, et cetera, et cetera. So you're going to email your list. Another way that's real easy, and I've done this. In fact, I did this. Thomas and I were talking about it before we went on. I was talking about this, that I did this two days ago, where I saw one of my novels mentioned in social media. So I just replied with a comment. Hey, uh, the book, my book was mentioned and she said, we're doing your book in our book club. And so I hit reply and I said, Hey, if you want me to Skype in, I'd be happy to do that. Well, she was thrilled that I was going to do that. So you can watch social media, see where your book is mentioned, even if it's not mentioned as being part of a book club and say, Oh my gosh, if you were ever to do a book club, I would be happy to participate. And as you get, um, more popular may be like, well, there's no way I could do, you know, hundreds of book clubs once you get to that point. But this is actually even better because what you can say is, you know, put your email address in here to enter for a chance for me to Skype in to your book club. And then you select a certain number of the pool of winners. Uh, so this, this can scale. So don't feel like this only works for normal people. This also could work for Terry Pratchett, right? Somebody who's selling millions and millions of copies could still say, Hey, I, you know, I'm going to Skype into 10 book clubs, you know, go here on this page on my website to sign up to see if I'll enter your book clubs. This is uh, really uh, solid. 
Uh, another really great way to do this is to share stories of participating book clubs. Have a book club who's discussing your book, have them all take a photo of themselves and you post it to social media. You post it to your blog or send it out to your email list as a thank you note. Um, really powerful to tag the book club leader. This is just a great way of signaling, hey, this is the kind of book you could have a book club about. And the more people see, especially these organizers, see other groups discussing it, the more safe they will feel discussing it themselves. That's a great point, Tom. That's a little social proof. Uh, another thing that we don't, we're so online these days, we don't think about this, but you can prepare a one sheet and go to your local library and say, guys, here's my book. Uh, libraries are great resources for readers, right? So prepare, prepare a one sheet that talks about your book, why this would be a great book to discuss and ask them if you can put a flyer up, make friends with those librarians because they have readers all the time coming in. Hey, what would be a great book for a book club? Another thing that you can do is search for book clubs on meetup.com. We were going to tell you to search for book clubs on Google, but book clubs don't really have a presence on Google. Most of them don't have like a website with an animated cat gif like they did uh, 10, 15 <laughs> But they ago. should. They should have that. <laughs> we don't have enough animated cat Im uh, graphics, you know, clip art on the internet these days. It's all gotten so fancy. Oh, I'm sounding like an old man. <laughs> Back when I was a kid, we had a clip art on our websites and they loaded every time. Anyway, um, so, but, but most of the formal groups are on, on Meetup. It's not like a website like Meetup. They are specifically on Meetup. Meetup is a social network for people who want to meet in real life. It's a great social network. And what's what's great about it for you is that you can reach out to organizers of meetups. And, you know, if you write a if your book is on, um, you know, romance or women's fiction, you do a search for women's uh, fiction book clubs on meetup you find some clubs and you reach out to their organizer and be like hey i saw you do these kinds of books i'd like to offer you the organizer a free copy of my book and um i have these resources and if you're looking for somebody to skype in i'm happy to do that and just a real simple email like that can be incredibly powerful i get queried all the time from various people um who wanting to do things with my group and you know i say no to most of them but i don't say no to all of them and you know who knows if you're the right fit for the right group they may be very excited uh, to have you uh, a part of their club one final thought is your launch team if you have a launch team that has participated they are passionate readers and they're certainly passionate about your particular books and so ask them ask them to recommend your book to the book clubs that they are part of it's one of those things where well, wouldn't they do that automatically? Well, not necessarily. It might just be that little push to suggest it to them where they go, oh my gosh, why haven't I done that yet? And they'll go to the organizer and say, hey, this is a great book that we need to read. And a, a bonus or a, a tease for our next episode, and that is to have a page on your website with reading group resources. Um, there's a whole art to putting together reading group resources. In the next episode, we're going to specifically go into how to do that, how to create a small group leader's guide for your book. Um, the goal here is to make it as easy as possible for someone to lead a discussion on your book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. The more work you do, uh, the more groups uh, will be willing to sign your book. Because remember, they're busy. They've got a lot of things going on. And if you give them the outline for a really amazing meeting on a silver platter, not only will they be more likely to do this book, but if they have a great experience, guess what? 
If you do that for all of your books, they may do one of your books, you know, once a year for the next five years. And suddenly you've just sold an extra several hundred copies of your book. And that's just to that one group that had the great experience. Now multiply that by all of the groups going through your book. This could be a significant part of your marketing plan. So you do want to listen to the next episode where we go over the reading group resources and how to put them together, what to include, how to craft a small group leader's guide. Don't skip it. (laughs) This is an episode you're going to want to hear. You are. You, I I mean, essentially we are going to teach you how to make your book club, the book club that reads your book, rave about you. That's what you want them to do. We're going to give you specific ways to make them rave about you. We have some uh, exciting news, but very quickly, I want to tell you uh, a warning. You're, it's down to the wire if you want to get the five-year plan uh, to becoming a best-selling author before the price goes up. So we're giving you lots of notice. We're going to be raising the price. So if you want to get it at the current price, go to novelmarketing.com, click on courses, and you can see this course. This is basically guiding you through your career of going from unpublished to your first best-selling book. We take you quarter by quarter. It's all of the steps included. Um, it's, there's no shortcuts here. It's all the hard work. And if you're not willing to do hard work, this is not the course for you. We're not We're not promising uh, <laughs> success overnight. We are pr- promising a long, hard road to success because that's what it is. But we do encourage you, go to novelmarketing.com, click on courses and check out that course. And um, so real quick, I wanted to tell a story. Uh, in the last episode, we were talking about Googling things. And um, I was helping with the baby and and my wife was really tired. So I I took baby Mercy into the other room and we had some milk in the fridge uh, for me to, I was going to feed the baby with this so my wife could get some sleep because we're, we're not getting very much sleep. And I was like, how do you warm milk for a baby? I had no idea. (laughs) And my wife did something to me that I've done to many other people. And it humbled me a little bit. She's just like, just Google it, Thomas. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that is something you can Google. And so I Googled it and I now know how to warm milk, which, by the way, not in a microwave. Uh, so if you're trying to warm uh, milk for a baby, don't do it in a microwave. Uh, so pro tip from Google. And uh, if you want to learn how to warm milk for an infant, just Google it. <laughs> it will work for you, too. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay, real quick. Uh, Stanley passes away. Thomas, what do you think about that? Was it a surprise? Um, not a shock. Uh, is he going to have a cameo in the next Avengers movie? Inquiring Jim's want to know. So it, it it's not a surprise in the sense that Stan Lee was writing Captain America comics back when Hitler was still alive. Like the original Captain America comics involved Captain America punching Hitler in the face, which was great. <laughs> like, so, so Stan Lee has lived a full life. He, he's had a, a lot of careers and he's had a huge impact on culture. And he did it through a very humble form of storytelling. When he was writing comic books in the 1940s and 1950s, and 1960s, comic books were not seen as high art. In fact, they arguably weren't seen as art at all. This this was throwaway. This was trashy literature. And uh, yet I challenge you, do you know who the congressmen were in the 1960s, 1950s? Do you know who the senators were? Back then, you probably know who the president was. But like all of the quote unquote important people of those decades have now been lost. But we know Captain America. We know Spider-Man. We know the Fantastic Four. Uh, in many ways, Stan Lee's characters are some of the most enduring things to come out 
of those decades in terms of art and in terms of writing. And um, I think we have lost a lot with Stanley. And I hope that he does have a cameo in the next um, Avengers film. I imagine they have already filmed it. Well, the good news is he he does. He does. They already filmed it. So he he will show up. And I think when he comes on screen, uh, there's probably going to be a big cheer, at least from the opening night audiences going, all right, last cameo. Way to go, Stan. That's right. And for those of you who don't know who Stanley is, he is the basically founder of Marvel Comics. He didn't exactly found it, but he invented most of the most iconic characters. And he's the old man who has cameo appearances in all of the good uh, Marvel films. <laughs> so some of the kind of not so good ones back in the day that we don't talk about, uh, he didn't have appearances in. But you know it's going to be a good Marvel film when it has the Stanley cameo and... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss him. I have a lot of respect uh, for him and what he's done. Uh, he's walked a long road to get here. Uh, and uh, we, we've, yeah, I'm pouring one out for Stan Lee. <laughs> and um, finally, Jim, uh, I hear you've won yet another Christie Award. Congratulations. <laughs> I did. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was last week. And it was I wasn't able to go to the ceremony, but uh, the Christie Awards streamed it live on their Facebook page. And so it was very fun to watch that with uh, with Darcy, with my wife. Well, congratulations. This is your fifth Christie Award. So you uh, don't just do well at the Carol Awards, but you also do well at the Christie Awards. And I am not surprised. Now it will be a shock. I guess the pressure's on now that you've won five. Now every book you write, feel like you got to write a Christie Award-winning book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, indeed. Well, you have been listening to James L. Rubart and Thomas Umstead Jr. on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you innovative ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thanks for listening.